Presentation Skills for Design Students, Episode 4. Hello and welcome to Presentation Skills for Design Students. My name's Christina Cantors and this is the podcast dedicated to helping design students everywhere improve their presentation and communication skills. It doesn't matter if you do architecture, landscape, graphics, photography, fashion, there's something we can all do to become confident, creative communicators. So get ready to take your next presentation to a whole new level. Oh, welcome back everyone. It's episode number four. I hope you're all doing marvellously today. Now, I'm super pumped for today's episode because I am interviewing professional speaker, visionary leader and exceptional storyteller, Peter Billingham. But before we get to the interview, I've got a listener story from studio to share with you. And this one's a cracker. This week's listener story from studio comes from Rob, who studied at Queen's University in Belfast. And he actually emailed this one in to me, so I'm going to read it out to you because I think it's a really, really great story. So this is from, this is from Rob. My friend Niall studied architecture in Glasgow. One of his first projects was a quick one-week exercise entitled Architecture to Create a Reaction. After a few of his colleagues had displayed various models and hand-drawn sketches, it was Niall's turn. He stood up, lifted a microwave oven out of the box he had brought in and put it in the centre of the group. He then carefully placed an egg inside, set the timer for two minutes. His class watched as the egg rotated in the microwave and slowly they all started to creep backwards in their chairs. After what probably seemed like a long time to most of them, the egg exploded. Some people screamed, some people fell backwards and one or two even cried. Was this architecture? Possibly. Did it cause a reaction? Definitely. P.S. He got an A-. Thanks so much for that, Rob. That's fantastic. And uh, that would have been amazing to see. Okay, well, I think it's time for our special guest interview. Now, I'm very excited today to have Peter Billingham on the show. Now, Peter is a visionary leader conference speaker, public speaking coach, speech writer, author, and as you are about to find out, an exceptional storyteller. Now, Peter actually tweeted me when I first started the Design Draw Speak website and he, he had a look and he said, oh, great site. And he congratulated me and it was really great. You can, uh, you can actually tweet Peter at, at Pete Billingham and find out more about him at peterbillingham.com. Now, he has a wealth of knowledge to share and I learnt so much from him during this interview and I'm sure you will too. So I hope you enjoy. Peter, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Well, Christina, I am so grateful that you've asked me. And the first thing I actually want to say is congratulations <laughs> on you. launching your podcast. I don't know whether you've ever read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, but he says in these people like you and I and the students that you're working with, creative people, the biggest thing that we have to get over is the resistance of doing something. And you did it. You've launched. So congratulations. And I love your big yellow logos. I think they're fantastic. <laughs> 
So I would just like to say congratulations and thank you for the invite. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, thank you so much. Now, now I'd just like to ask, how long have you actually been a speaker? Well, you know, I was thinking about this question only the other day and uh, I looked, I was in my loft and I'm trying to get rid of a lot of the clutter that I've collected over the years. And I happened to come across a box that had got my school reports in. And when I was 13 years old, I'm 53 now, so this is a few years ago, I was, I didn't, I'd forgot this, I was the chairman of the debating society at my high school. And one of the teachers actually put on my report that year, Peter has the tendency to talk at the right and the wrong time. So <laughs> I think that I, I think I've probably been speaking in that sort of format since I'm 13 and I've loved it. And all, all the different jobs that I've had over the years, I've had about five different careers over the years. It's always somehow been very integral to my, I suppose you could say, success and um, moving forward in those roles and also being able to communicate clearly. The, the ability to speak in public is of immense value, whatever industry you're in. So why do you enjoy it so much? Um, I think for me, and this might sound strange, but I think it's an art form. I'm a, I'm a very, uh, I'm a creative person, but I couldn't paint to save my life and uh, I couldn't make anything out of clay or anything. But I think the ability to pull together words in such a way that you can you can influence or you can inspire people or you can uh, articulate what you're really feeling. To me, it's like an art form, and I think it, it's as much an art form for me as is painting. So I, I get a lot of satisfaction about that ability. And I, I also think there's a little bit of a, an edge. You know, I, I even now, after all these years, when you walk onto a stage, there's always that bit of a, a burst of adrenaline, which I love. And so, yeah, I, I've, 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 I suppose as the years have gone by, you lose some of the initial nerves, but I don't want to ever lose that edge that says, wow, this is exciting. I can't wait to, to be able to communicate this message that I want to communicate to these people. Hmm. I, I, I hope that someday I can be as confident when I'm speaking to a crowd. And um, I'm sure a lot of people feel that the same way. Now, before we get into today's topic, which is, of course, surpriseology, um, yeah. I'd just like to ask, would you like to play a game? Yes, of course I'll play a game, yeah. Okay, it's very simple. It's called The Two Things. Now, have you heard of The Two Things? No, I haven't. Okay, well, it's based on the idea that – and I actually spoke to um, – in the last interview I did with Steve Carey, we, we introduced this this little thing and I thought it'd be fun to do this uh, for whoever else I interview. So you're, you're the next person who, who gets to play the game. It's based okay. on the idea that for every subject, there are only really two things that you need to know and everything else is just the application of those two things or just not important. So for example, the two things about civil engineering – one, dirt plus water equals mud. And two, <laughs> and two, you can't push a rope. Okay. <laughs> so, so what I'd like to ask you, Peter, is what are the two things that you really need to know about public speaking? Oh, that's a great question. Number one, practice. Without a shadow of a doubt, practice is the key thing. 
if people want to be able to build their confidence and they want to move forward with speaking, it's practice without a shadow of a doubt. I see so many uh, people who have got great content. They've put lots of information together, but the first time that they deliver it is the time that they stand on their feet. And that is fatal. That really is because usually by the time you've finished, you're getting good at your content, but it's too late. So the first thing I would say, without a shadow of a doubt in these two things, is practice. Uh, the second thing I could actually say practice, but that would be overkill, I think, in a way. <laughs> you can say practice <laughs> but, again. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the second thing is to have fun. Now, I know that might sound a strange thing to say, but if you do the first one, actually the second one follows. And why I say that is because in my experience, when you know what you're going to say and you've spent time rehearsing it, it becomes you. It doesn't become something you're delivering. It becomes something that you can deliver even without notes and you can do it comfortably because you then own it. And that is when you can start to have some fun. Um, I recently was on holiday. I traveled um, uh, actually around the world. I had a wonderful trip and I was watching some guys kite surfing. Now, I, I always say that I'm built for comfort rather than speed, <laughs> but that that looked absolutely amazing. And I was watching a guy who was just starting and he, he hadn't got a board with him. He was just in the water and he was just trying to get the kite into the um, sky. Now, I could see that there was all these other guys that were whizzing backwards and forwards. And for him, he wasn't at that level yet. He couldn't really enjoy it because he didn't own it. He'd got to put the time in in order to be able to uh, to get that real thrill of it. And I think that's the same when you're speaking. For a lot of people, why they fear it is they don't put the effort in when they can just on their own and there's nobody around so that by the time they come to deliver it, it, it it's in them and it's it's seeped into every bit of who they are. And then you can enjoy it. You can have some fun. You can actually be yourself in front of the audience rather than maybe somebody you think that you should be. So those would be my two things. One, if you practice, the second thing, it's a bit of a cause and effect. The second thing, you can have some fun. But what a great question. I love your two things <laughs> question. Well, one thing about the practicing is I, when I first started practicing my presentations, it was so difficult. It was just listening to myself talk. It just felt so stupid, but I assure everyone out there who's listening, it does get easier. So if you practice practicing it actually does get easier that that is true what i what i do is i will write a speech out um full i won't write it out in notes i will actually construct it and put the sentences together that i would want to say and maybe we'll get a bit later on i'll talk a little bit about how that process works but then i always record it I just, I mean, you can do it on your phone or you can get a digital recorder. I'll record it and I'll play it over and over. I'll walk the dog and I'll listen to it. I'll be out in the car and I'll listen to it. And then it starts to become sort of like you, your memory seems to stink it in. And then what I will do, I will actually deliver that presentation, whatever it is, at least three times before I actually do it for real. And by the time I've done that, I feel that I'm at a stage where I can comfortably uh, put that information forwards. Right. Yeah, I think recording recording your, your talk is definitely a really good way to do it. 
again, very difficult to do, but trust me, people listening, it works. So um, it works. That, those, yeah, that's great advice, Peter. Thank you. Now, let's get into today's topic, which is surpriseology. Now, can you just give us a quick overview of what surpriseology is, Peter? Yeah, I can do. That word, that uh, I think I've been a surpriseologist all my life, but I didn't know it until I read the word recently, only about six months ago. I love TED Talks. I love TED Talks for the content, but I also love watching and listening to TED Talks for the ability to watch other professionals at work. And I listened to a girl who was called Tanya Luna. Tanya Luna, and she has an organization called the Surprise Industries. But she talked about, she used the word surpriseology. Positive surprises create remarkable memories. And uh, when you use them, but just in normal life, it helps uh, bring to mind an event, a time that took place. But when you use them in speeches, the biggest thing it does is helps people remember you. So surpriseology, if you use it that way, is being creative in such a way that you bring into a presentation something that's not expected. Something that's different, something that jolts the, the audience who are listening to their senses and go, hey, what's going on here? This is different because then it actually locks that information into their mind and they may not remember everything that you said. And, we, you know, I don't expect people to do that. But what they do remember is maybe the key thing because you put a surprise in there of somehow to help that memory stick. I think it's so important when you're in that process because otherwise it gets boring. How do you make yourself stand out? How do you make your project stand out? And uh, what you said a couple of weeks ago on your podcast, podcast is so true is that this is a great training ground for students so that someday they're going to be pitching to a client. And now's the time to learn those skills because then at that point when you're trying to do it and you're trying to get a sale, you're trying to get a commission, you're trying to get your idea across, learning the skills of presenting well now will be of tremendous benefit in the future. And so pulling surprises in is a really good way of doing that. Yeah, that's so true. What, what are some simple ways of implementing surpriseology into a presentation? Just, just really simple ones. So yeah, let me give you, let me give you a couple of specific ideas. Okay. Um, there was, there was um, a time that I was speaking about fear, and fear is something that affects us all. One of the, one of the things people always fear is snakes. So I took onto the stage with me a Hessian sack, and in this Hessian sack was a garden hose pipe, a water pipe. But the very fact that it was sitting on the stage next to me as I was talking about the fear people have of snakes, you could actually feel the tension in the room rise. Now, what I'd done is I'd tied a little bit of fishing line to this sack and it, <laughs> it, was, it was out to the one side of the stage. And at a given moment, somebody yanked this piece of fishing line and this sack jumped forwards into the front row. Well, people sort of leapt out of their seats like crazy. And then you can imagine what that would have been like. But then I opened the sack and I actually got a piece of hosepipe out. And what I was talking about is the things that we often fear aren't real. We fear these things, but they don't act, they're not actually real things. And I was trying in a way to sort of say to people very simply and surprise them that actually that didn't work. It's what we fear actually sometimes isn't real. 
I, I listened to a guy who was speaking the other day, and he was opening his speech with a presentation about being on a train station. And it was a little story about Gandhi being on a train station. And as he got onto the stage, he got slipped up his sleeve a train whistle. And he walked to the centre of the stage and he blew this train whistle. And in that instant, you're transported to a train station. And he, he got his opening line was all aboard. And immediately, that surprised you're there. You've got their attention. I saw somebody else hide under a seat light sticks, those neon light sticks. And at a given time, they turned the lights out and said to everybody, under the seat, you'll find something. And they started to wave these around. Little things like that can actually break a presentation at a point that creates a memory for people. Now, the important thing is you need to tie it to an idea. Because otherwise, it's just a surprise for no reason. But if you can tie it to a phrase, you can tie it to the idea that you're trying to communicate, it then immediately creates a memory beyond just normal words. Because, uh, Christina, you know, what actually happens is after people have done presentations, within a few minutes, within a couple of hours, within a day, most of what has been said will be forgot, even with really good speeches. So it's vital that you tie something down and make yourself different than everybody else. Yes, well, I shared a story earlier to to our listeners about a student who actually brought a microwave oven to their presentation and put an egg in it and turned it on and then the egg exploded. And I think that is somewhat relevant, but that's definitely, you know, definitely something that's memorable anyway. So, you know, students don't have to go as extreme as that. No, it, it can it, it can actually be an image. It can be a statement that somebody says. Um, there's lots of ways you can do it. And, you know, design students, I would imagine, are very, very creative people. And instead, think about how you could put something creative into it. Before you even start trying to make slides, it can have a huge impact on your um, the quality of your presentation. You mentioned before, Peter, about making a statement and I think adding some some sort of useful fact or, or saying, did you know that something percentage of people don't do this or whatever and have that relate back to the problem then that you've solved with your with your design project? Yeah, that's a great, a great opening, a way to open a speech. One of the things maybe to give some advice to students to, to build their confidence is your opening few seconds are critical. They're vital. And quite often you hear people say, well, thank you very much for letting me come to speak to you today. I'm going to speak to you about this and I'm going to speak. And to be honest, you've lost everybody. Uh, It's no, you know, that, that blah, blah, blah at the beginning. Don't even bother with it. Go straight for the jugular and come out with something that is a a bold statement, something that's going to be maybe a bit controversial or a a key fact that somebody may not have uh, heard of before. And uh, really go straight for a a good point. Don't stand there and spend the first few seconds just thanking everybody and everything because it's a waste of time. It's like, blah, 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 I've heard this before and people, you've lost people already. So a bold statement or a, or a, a well-crafted quote uh, that you've learned really well, uh, it captures people's attention. And those first few seconds, it's so important. I did this a lot 
uh, I'll say when, when I was a student, I'd get up there and I'd say, hi everyone, my name's Christina and today I'm going to tell you about my project, which is blah, blah, blah. And listening to myself say that now sounds so, pretty oh, boring. Boring. <laughs> yeah, Heard pretty... it before. <laughs> let, me, let me have a look who's posted something on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so implementing uh, these these sorts of surprising elements into a presentation, that's something that you can you know, that students can prepare for. But going yeah. back to what you were saying about just practicing your presentation, how about practicing implementing these surprises into just everyday life? What what can we do with, with you know, if we're just in general conversation with someone, what what can we do to sort of just practice doing these little surprising things to get people to pay more attention to what we're saying and to create that interest? You know, one of the things that I think that you can do, and a lesson that somebody taught me about communication many years ago, was to listen. To listen with your eyes as much as to listen with your ears. And to not listen with thinking about what your next phrase is going to be. And this surprises people, because to be honest, Christina, not many people do it. If somebody said to you, oh, I'm going to New Zealand on holiday next week, Lots of people would say, oh, I went to New Zealand and I did this and I did that and I did the other. And really, that's not what people are saying. What people want to do is sort of tell you about what they want to do. And a surprise in communication is to listen because you can learn so much and it gives value to the other person. And in that process, it makes communication much more effective and uh, I'm sure some of your listeners will have come across Dale Carnegie's book. Um, And I would say that for anybody who wants to develop their communication skills, whether in front of an audience or one-on-one or when they're going to be pitching to clients, that book is a must-read. And And in there, there's... uh, How uh, how to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's an old book and it's like, oh, it's out of date. No, the truths in that are eternal. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I agree apply those some of those things and in there there's a story about Dale Carnegie and this woman says oh he's a great conversationalist and she meets him at a party and she says uh, oh Mr Carnegie I've heard that you're a wonderful conversationalist tell me about how it works and he says well I could do he said but before I do have you been traveling somewhere she says oh yes I've just come back from Africa and and he just started to ask what I call the social grunts oh that's interesting how when where did you? And in that process, she walked away and said, he really is a great conversationalist. He probably never said much in that conversation at all. So one thing that people could do, I would say in the next seven days, listen with your eyes, listen with your ears, obviously, but think not through about the next phrase that you're going to say, but to really listen to that person. Now, that skill apart from it being a surprise, when you do get to the stage where you're trying to communicate your ideas, it is critical to listen. That's gold. That's that's great advice right there, Peter. Actually, let's make that, because every week we, we do we do a challenge. I, I, give, I okay. give our listeners, a, it's the challenge of the week. So how about this week, everyone? Practice listening with your eyes. So pay yep. attention to when someone's talking and don't, Think about the next thing that you want to say, but instead really pay attention to them. Ask the questions, who, what, why, where, when, how, rather than thinking about what you're going to say next. 
and it's amazing what you'll learn but the value that you give to that other person because you want to give your whole concentration to them is of tremendous benefit and and sadly it's a surprise <laughs> not many not many people do that but it will help people progress tremendously in life and in relationships and in their careers if you're willing to listen actually another little trick that i learnt if someone's uh, talking to you and and just just like with saying how when what why and following following on with that you can actually just repeat the last few words that they've said and they will generally carry on the conversation so if someone says to you oh so I just went to the shops and you, you can then say oh the shops and they go yeah 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 and I bought some Vegemite and some bread and and, and butter and it was really busy in there and then you go oh really busy and they'll go yeah yeah, yeah. they just sort of continue it on so you really don't have to do anything so I've had some people say to me I'm just not very good at small talk I just don't know what to say so my advice to you is just repeat the last few words that they've said and believe me they will just they will they will think that you're paying attention and hopefully you are paying attention anyway but they will just they will just carry on talking yeah and I think that's that's that the last little thing you said is important I, I don't I don't think that you should try and see this because some people might think, oh, this is being manipulative. No, it's not. Actually, to truly listen to another person is the greatest gift that you can give to somebody because very rarely do we get a chance to speak to other people and for them to truly listen to us and I think it's not it's not like you know a technique to, to get on or whatever I think it's just good practice in building strong relationships and I tell you what Christine you learn so much um, people have fascinating lives and you find out the most interesting things if you're just prepared to not always be ready to tell your next thing but be willing to listen first I've just got one last question for you. What advice do you have for a design student who's listening right now who thinks, look, I'm just not good at, at, at presenting to a group. I, I, it's just not something that I'm good at. And to, to someone who doesn't actually think that they can improve and learn these skills, what, what advice do you have for them? Okay, let me say there's three bits of advice I would give. The first one is what I said earlier on is practice. Uh, if you want to be good at anything, doesn't matter what it is, you've got to practice. And I think that for a lot of students that are listening to this and that you work with, they've got great ideas, they've got great content, but they just don't put the practice in that's necessary. Is it uncomfortable? Yes, it is. Of course, it feels strange just standing in a room speaking to yourself. But it makes a huge difference if you'll just pay the price of saying the words out loud a few times before you do a presentation. So that would be one thing. The second thing I would give in terms of advice for students is don't try and give too much information. Quite often in presentations, what I see, people have got too much information. Try and get one key idea, maybe one key memorable statement that you could repeat a few times. Instead of trying to tell everybody everything in a short space of time, it doesn't work. It's better to have one strong, uh, in a presentation, one strong theme or one strong idea that you're going to use. So those would be two practical things. Practice, and when you're preparing a presentation, try and think, if somebody asked me after this presentation, what was it about, 
how could I sum it up in one sentence? And that's the very first sentence you need to write in your speech and work everything back from that. And the last thing would be uh, if somebody really, really wants to develop their skills, go to Toastmasters. Toastmasters is an international organization that is designed to help build leadership skills and speaking skills. And I'm sure that wherever people are that are listening to this, they will find a Toastmasters organization close to them. And it is a fantastic way to build your public speaking skills. So there would be three things that I would certainly recommend for those students, Christina. Oh, thanks so much, Peter. That's really great advice. Really great advice. Well, I think that just wrap, just about wraps up the interview. But um, yeah, thank you so much, Peter, for joining me on the show today. And you've offered some absolute gems of advice. And I'm sure everyone listening will definitely be able to uh, pick up on something that you've mentioned and, and implement that in not just in a presentation, but also to their everyday lives as well. So thank you very much. Well, th once again, thank you for asking me and I sincerely wish you the best as you progress this forward because I think you're going to do a great job. You're going to help students. And the thing is, Christina, you may not know the benefit that you have brought to students all over the world who are doing design work, but I am sure it will have a huge impact on their lives and I sincerely wish you all success in what you're trying to do. Thank you so much, Peter. Oh, and, and lastly, before, before you go... Uh, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Well, I call myself the Artful Speaker. That's my um, my brand name that I'm trying to develop a little bit more. But the best place to get more information about me is to go to peterbillingham.com. And on there, there's all sorts of different pieces that I'm writing about speaking and about leadership and all sorts of different things. Or you can find me on Twitter uh, at Pete Billingham, Pete Billingham on Twitter. And it would be great to hear from anybody if they've got questions, if I could help anybody with some of the things that we've talked about. I would love to be of service to other people. So no problem at all. Just get in touch with me. Awesome. Thanks so much, Peter. And I'll, I'll put a link to your website as well in the show notes. So that will be at designdrawspeak.com slash 004 for those listening. All right. Thanks so okay. much again. Thanks so much again, Peter. All right. Thank you, Christina. Wow. I don't know about you, but I learned a ton from that interview. I really hope you enjoyed it. So that just about wraps up episode four of Presentation Skills for Design Students. Of course, you can check out the show notes at designdrawspeak.com slash 004. And if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. It will be coming to you weekly. And if you can leave a review and a rating on iTunes, it's very easy. It takes about two seconds, a couple of clicks. I would appreciate that very much. Anyway, I hope you enjoy your day. This has been presentation skills for design students, helping you become a confident, creative communicator.